Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are back with another post-game reaction podcast here on the Testudo Talk podcast. I'm Emmett Siegel here with Andrew Chotis, as always. And Andrew, one of these days, we're going to have a positive reaction to a Maryland men's basketball game on the podcast, but tonight is not the night. Uh, Maryland just opened up Big Ten play with a 65-53 to loss at Indiana. But I think we can both agree that the score maybe indicates a closer game than what we actually saw. Um, so I know you have a lot of thoughts on it. You had a, a you know a good game story over on testudotimes.com. So I'll just kind of tee you up and you can get us started. First impressions of what we saw tonight. Well, I always have a lot to say about Maryland athletics, but tonight was, I'm like, I'm speechless almost. And, and you don't want to overreact from one game, the first game in Big Ten play. Like overall, this was, Maryland Indiana was the first game of the entire Big Ten slate of the season. But wow, Maryland was, they were severely outplayed. Uh, they were out hustled a lot, which was really concerning. Um, they didn't look like they were ready to play. Um, they don't look, they have no offensive rhythm. Uh, they haven't really had much all season, uh, outside of Jameer Young. The team was flat. Uh, Dante Scott didn't look like, like he belongs on, on the same court as the other guys. Um, and I'll go back to this. I, before the season, you were with me when we spoke with, with associate coach David Cox and, and I asked him, and I was like, oh, do you have any concerns over a uh, about a possible sophomore slump in year two of the Kevin Willard era? And he said unequivocally, oh, absolutely not. Kevin won't let that happen. And right now the team, they just – they don't look good. Uh, this was a team that many projected to be – to finish fourth, third, fifth – third, fourth, fifth in the conference right now. They're looking like a 15-win team. And again, I know I'm overreacting. I know it's, there's eight games in the season – I know last year they were one and nine on the road in the Big Ten, and they finished sixteen and one overall at home. So there's a lot of seasons to be played, but right now they do not look like a good basketball team. And Kevin Willard, he he echoed that exact same message post game. Uh, he specifically called out his seniors. Uh, let me just pull this up, so I just want to get the exact quote um, correct that he used. Um, the exact quote that he used was, "I don't mind a freshman going out there missing." But we got some older guys right now that just keep doing stuff that are like, what are we doing? Uh, and he he also said that uh, he, he, he's, he's willing to make major changes to the lineup. Um, he said that he was – that he really liked the intensity of the lineup uh, with Jameer Young, uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith, Julian Reese, uh, Jordan Geronimo, and Jamie Kaiser. So without saying it, saying that Dante Scott's effort uh, finished one of eight today uh, with a couple of turnovers was unacceptable. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see Dante Scott come off the bench uh, against Penn State, but a lot a lot to work to, to work through uh, right now for the Terps. Uh, but again, still only eight games into the season. Uh, the whole magic, maybe that can continue from last year, but it's 
it's not so good right now, isn't it? Yeah, well, the road magic is going to need I mean, the home magic is going to need to continue. There is no such thing as road magic with this team. I misspoke way, way, way there. Um, but uh, yeah, wait, wait, not, not, not to interrupt, but I just, I, 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 remember, I remember joking to you at the beginning of the season, they've lost 13 of their last 14 games on the road. Like that doesn't even seem possible. Like I, I it doesn't make any sense, but no. they've won, but they've won 20 of their last 21 games at home. Like how it's, it's just remarkable to watch the team, you know, go on the road every time and continually put up these kinds of performances. And it's really, it, it all starts, it seems at least on the offensive end where they just look completely lost. Um, we saw that today, you know, Maryland just doesn't really have an identity offensively. I mean, they can't shoot the three, so that's certainly not your identity, but your bigs, you don't have enough depth to really, you know, play through the post or anything like that. You can try and do, you know, dribble drives, but every team's just collapsing because they know you can't shoot three. Maryland just really kind of has no offensive identity right now. We saw that today. They look completely disjointed. I pointed, I think I pointed this out after the Villanova game, but um, it was the same thing today where, you know, you have possessions going into the teens, even, you know, into single digits on the shot clock where the ball either hasn't made it inside the three-point arc or someone's standing with their, you know, the ball in their hands with the back to the hoop with like 10 seconds on the shot clock. You know, everything is just kind of, just one tick too slow for this team. It's it feels like they're just always one step behind on the loose balls. They're always you know one second behind on the shot clock where you know they have to rush on defense. You know they're one step behind the opponent. Um, that's just kind of what it feels like. And you know I will you know echo your point that we're only eight games into the season, but you know we're eight games into the season and Maryland has lost every single game of consequence on its schedule. I mean you know they won their four bye games at home, but you go zero into an Asheville, which is a tournament where you know, they really should have won that tournament realistically, at least on paper. And then, you know, you, you go to Villanova, you put up a terrible offensive performance. And then tonight, just overall, just completely outplayed by Indiana without its starting point guard. You know, Xavier Johnson didn't even play tonight. Um, Indiana is still working through some things of its own. So this is not some elite team that you just lost to. Um, this is a team that plays well at home, that has a, you know, a good home court advantage and is an overall solid team, you know, a bubble NCAA tournament team. But you know, for Maryland right now to put up a performance like that. And I know for anyone that didn't watch it and just heard the final score that it's a 12 point game, this was far more lopsided than that. Um, they had a little bit of a push at the end, but you know, th this was for much of the, I don't know, middle part to later period of the second half was teetering around a 20 point game. Um, Maryland was just completely outplayed tonight. And Maryland has really been outplayed. Like I said, in every game that hasn't been against opponent that they paid to beat. So, you know, I, I don't have really any confidence in this team right now. Um, in that game that you mentioned at Penn State or at home against Penn State next Wednesday is a must-win game because if you lose that Penn State game at home, you know the we talked about the quote-unquote home magic from last year. If that's out the window too, then now you're looking at this team, you know, really digging itself into a deep hole. And like we said, eight games into the season, but as you start looking forward, you're really starting the season by putting yourself behind the eight ball if you want to, you know, make it to March and you know have a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, which I don't know if you've looked at bracketology recently, but no one really thinks this team's going to make the NCAA tournament right now. Yeah, and, and I know you, you mentioned, obviously, right now the offensive issues are, are the biggest and, and their utter failure, inability to shoot the ball right now. And, you know, there are 355 teams in Division One. Maryland ranks 355th in three-point shooting. Um, kind of just saying that, it, it doesn't even seem real, but it's just if this team continues to – not be able to shoot the ball. I mean, how many air balls did they have today in the second half too? It was, it was many. I mean, they had one possession where they had two on the same possession. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, they they missed over half their laps, and I mean, a fair amount of them were contested, but still, you can't. It's just in, like they, they they so many just missed opportunities inside and in transition. They were killed. They got killed. Um, it, we haven't seen them play. Uh, uh, I'm interested to see them play a top caliber team at home and see how they perform because now they they've gone against. Two good, you know, good teams in Indiana and Villanova on the road, and they've got it embarrassed. And it's just if that performance continues throughout the season, I mean, this just in the games where they've needed to show up, they they've looked like a bad basketball team. Like, like not even the you know they lost a good game. They've just they looked like a bad basketball team. This is not this is not an NCAA tournament team right now. Not even close. This is not even an NIT team. The way they're playing right yeah, now, the, the, not, the not they... necessarily that they'll end up that way. You know, they'll still work through some things, obviously, and I'm sure they'll be better towards the end of the year. But as it stands right now, from the product they've put forward, you know, this is not a team that looks like it deserves to be playing postseason basketball. They've played two games against uh, 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 against major conference teams, and they've lost those games by a combined thirty points. And really, it should should have been more like forty or fifty. They kind of have had a late game surges two in those games it's just it, it's it's i mean it's embarrassing and and i mean i know you covered the team last year and you saw the away struggles i know they had some really bad losses on the road i know the michigan one co- com- comes to mind but still you you can't and you can't put forth two absolute stinkers in the beginning of the season i mean it just it's nice yeah. yeah yeah well the, the difference between last year's team and this year's team why um you know even though they've struggled on the road why I would be pressing the panic button a lot more is a expectations, which aren't totally their fault, but you know, I'll just say it what it is. You're at Maryland. You're the head coach of Maryland. You, you know, I'm talking about Kevin Willard now. Um, you're the head coach of Maryland. You're talking about this. Like it's a top 10 job in college basketball, which is obviously very debatable, but if you want to embrace that, you have to embrace the expectations that come with it. So, you know, Maryland has the expectations, call them unfair, call them whatever, but that is what the situation is. You bring in a good recruiting class and stuff. So obviously there's a little bit more disappointment, but my second point before, before you, uh, before you, you hop in real quick, my second point being that this team, the Asheville tournament completely, I mean, they looked like they did tonight pretty much in the Asheville tournament against worse teams, which is what's really concerning is that they haven't, you know, they haven't improved really at all. It feels like they're just as lost as they were at the beginning of the season, but at least last year when they struggled, they had those neutral site wins against Miami and St. Louis where they blew out teams and they started hot, obviously, with with a relatively easy schedule until it got you know pretty hard there in that stretch in December. But you know this team right now does not look anything like the team last year, where maybe you saw the flashes and you saw them beat up on some good teams on neutral sites, but they still couldn't win. They still couldn't win uh, true road games. This team just—I mean, I don't even know if they're playing well at Xfinity Center or just maybe their opponents are weaker. But you know, this team just anywhere away from home just—it seems to have no idea what it's doing. That—that's at least. What it looks like to me, you know, we were at the Villanova game. We weren't at the Indiana game, but just at least watching it on TV, what we saw tonight was, uh, you know, not encouraging at all. And like I said, that Penn State game on Wednesday, I mean, even if you win and you don't win in a way that that inspires any sort of confidence that you can improve, you know, you're starting to really, you know, look ahead at that schedule and be like, man, you know, is this going to be a really, really long season for Maryland basketball? Well, no. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, I was going to hop in when you mentioned the part of how he brings in a Willard brings in a good recruiting class. I mean, right now you're playing bad basketball and you, you, you don't have a 2024 recruiting class in the moment. So, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of not so great stuff right uh, around the program and there needs to be some positivity. Uh, again, you mentioned the Penn State game, obviously huge. I, I mean, that, that's, the, that's a game you need to win, not even just for record moments, for like moral reasons for the fan base to kind of keep them into it. But then looking ahead, Alcorn State, Nichols, you uh, you assume, you can never assume, but you assume that they, they win both those games in Xfinity Center. And then you go on the road to UCLA. And I'm I'm scared even thinking about that game on the road at UCLA. So it's not gonna uh, it's not gonna go well. I mean, but, I'll yeah. just I'll just go on the record right now. You know, we'll probably do something closer to that, but yeah. as it stands right now, that game does not look like it's gonna go well at all for Maryland. Yeah, not good. And then and then Coppin State, and then you play Purdue at home. And yeah, you have the Xfinity Center at home, but Purdue currently they don't even just look like the best team in the country they look like one of the best teams we've seen in a few years that team rolled through maui they are so unbelievable this season can get ugly quick and maryland needs to really turn it around yes 100 agreed um you know that uh that stretch that you were talking about in december you know uh they're probably gonna you know they're gonna win those games right they're gonna beat Nichols. they're gonna beat alcorn state coppin state is terrible like one of the best one of the worst teams in uh division one you know so they're gonna beat them but um but but it's just like the improvement that you were hoping to see from that stretch of by games that we just saw we just saw three straight home games where you know they're against weaker opponents but you know they, they cruise pretty easily to victory in all of them as you would expect but after the villanova debacle after Asheville, after all of that you were hoping that maybe they would have 10 or so days straight at home if you're including the off days where you have a chance to work through stuff in practice, you have a chance to work through stuff in a somewhat low stakes game environment where maybe you start to see a little bit more offensive fluidity. If you start to see them find a little bit more of an identity. I mean, last year for all the struggles that the team had on the road, it had a pretty clear identity, which was, it was going to play really hard nose defense. It was going to try and turn you over run in transition, stuff like that. Maryland just isn't making enough shots to set up a press or anything like that. They're not forcing turnovers like they were last year. Um, Overall, this team just doesn't seem to be constructed in a way that's super adherent towards any sort of particular identity because you don't have a dominant post presence. I mean, Julian Reese had another good game tonight. You know, he looks like maybe their most productive player other than but, Jameer Young. But but even yeah. so, like you, you don't have the versatility on your team to be able to yeah. come up with some sort of identity that you can say, when we need a basket, we can go to that guy. Or, you know, when we need to get momentum, this is what we do. They just don't really have that right now. And they look kind of lost as a result yeah no and julian reese also got into some foul trouble which which really hurt the turps i mean it was a 10 point game he gets his third foul indiana scores 10 points and makes a 20 point game and you know the front court as a whole dante scott was really struggling as well so they weren't really able to find their rhythm indiana had a lot of length which really disturbed maryland indiana doubled up maryland and in, in points on the paint doubled them up um, on on rebound, so we'll also have to see how that adjusts. How Maryland will play against longer teams. Obviously tonight, uh, they struggled a, a ton. Um, I, I feel like we should talk. We a lot of negatives, uh, but a lot some positives are Jameer Young was. I mean, he he did all he could today uh, to kind of keep keep the team afloat. Um, I mean, a, another. I I think my stats are unloading right now for me. 
No, but uh, no, but in general, Jameer Young. When I mean, I know in the first half he had he had twelve first half points, um, let all scores, and nobody really else could get anything going. Uh, Dashiell Harris Smith looked rushed. Uh, he kind of finally found his groove in the second half again. Uh, we mentioned Dante Dante Scott's troubles. Um, Jamie Kaiser, I, I I think missed his first three shots as well. You know, he tries to come off the bench and and create some sort of a, a spark. But Jameer Young, it's a couple. I think I think he had twenty points. If I'm if I'm not he mistaken. finished with twenty points on uh, six of fourteen shooting, one from seven from three, which isn't great, yeah. but uh, one four seven I should say. But uh, but definitely Maryland's most productive player. He led all scores today. And, I mean, but even the past few games, I mean, provided Juju's played well, but the offense is kind of falling on on the hands of Jameer Young, and he he is their best player, but he can't do everything for forty minutes, and he's he's get, not getting a lot of help right now. Other guys aren't making shots. Um, and I mean, inevitably, I mean, towards the end of last season, you kind of saw Jameer got a little fatigued, you know, as they got, as they got into March and can only imagine this season, if he has to continue to, to kind of take the load for early on, how much can he sustain this? Yeah. Well, you know, it's definitely something to keep an eye out for. And like you said, you know, towards the end of last year, you saw his numbers start to drop off his effective, his effectiveness was not necessarily at the level that it was earlier in the season. Um, probably because of that heavy workload and, you know, like you said, Deshaun Harris-Smith did not have a great couple games outside of that little stretch there tonight. But uh, but overall, you know, when you're Jameer Young and you don't really have another guy that you can really trust, you know, handling the ball, you know, you're going to have to play huge minutes. Shahari Long has looked better than last year, but he's still not the kind of guy that you can rely on to give you a ton of minutes off the bench or anything like that. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be another one of those guys that's, you know, in the rotation. But, you know, yeah, Jameer Young was Maryland's best player overall tonight. Um, not surprising, but it was otherwise just kind of not a great night. I will say we we mentioned, we've alluded to um, Indiana's depth in the front court and their, pro, you know, how prolific that, that group seems like it can be. Um, I was really, really impressed by Khalil Ware. You know, I hadn't really had an opportunity to watch Indiana, to be totally honest, so much this year, but um, I had an opportunity in the preseason to vote for who I thought was going to be the transfer of the year. I went with Ace Baldwin of Penn State, who we'll see um, next week. But, you know, I might be regretting that because Khalil Ware looks like a really, really good player. He's about seven feet tall and can can play inside, outside, can can knock down the three at a relatively high rate, even though he doesn't take a ton of them. Um, him and Malik Renault, you know, we saw Malik Renault a little bit last year playing behind Trace Jackson Davis and, and Race Thompson. But yeah. um, but that looks like a pretty good front court duo that Indiana has. Like I said, they're not necessarily world beaters. They're not the kind of team that's going to run through the Big Ten or anything like that. Um, and they were without their starting point guard today, which is a little bit concerning because Trey Galloway was kind of running point and Gabe Cups, a freshman who wasn't really that impressive, had to start. Um, and they still beat Maryland as convincingly as they did. But but I will say that that Indiana front court was pretty impressive to me. So it could be a little bit of a benchmark, at least until, like we said, you get into the beginning of January and have to go up against, you know, Zach Eady and such. Um, it could be good experience, at least for some guys. No, and then, like you said, like Indiana's front court was just super efficient um, as well. Where you know finished because now my stats have loaded. <laughs> he he finished uh, eight for twelve, uh, fourteen rebounds. Malik Renault finished four, four for six. He added five rebounds. So Maryland just they they had no answer um, inside. I mean, Indiana scored over half that they scored forty of their sixty five points in the paint. And I mean, early on, I mean, just, I remember watching the game, Indiana has scored 10 points on five laps before Maryland even, even scored his first basket. Uh, so that kind of set the tone early on and Maryland was never really able to recover. 
Yeah, and also worth noting, Mackenzie Mbako, freshman, he's the real deal. He looks really, really, really good. Um, probably as it stands right now, given Deshaun Harris Smith's struggles and you know maybe some of the the way that some of the other teams are performing, looks like to me at least the Big Ten freshman of the year, at least at this point um, in the season. Um, before we do go, because you know we don't want this to go too long, I'll let you add this real quick before I make my last. Add one quick. I gotta add add one quick thing. We're talking about younger guys in the post. You got to think Derek Queen was watching this game, Emmett. I think Derek Queen probably had had many thoughts about this game. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure any of them are positive for Maryland. Like you said, Maryland's recruiting class is completely empty for next year. So um, this game, you hope, at least from a Maryland perspective, that you can't look too much into it. But uh, you have to wonder if it has some implications, at least for kind of painting the vision of what each program will be when Derek Queen arrives. Yeah, I'll make one last point, though, before we go. Um, Jordan Geronimo, it was his return to Indiana. He transferred to Indiana, did not have a good game. I mean, it was a nightmare game for him. Um, You know, we weren't there, so we couldn't really tell. I assume that, you know, he's probably getting some booze and and stuff from the crowd. Um, But but he just didn't play well. He didn't score. He went 0 for 5. His one free throw that he missed was an air ball. Um, It was just it was just not his day after having some pretty productive performances, albeit once again, I have to disclaimer everything with these are against you know Ryder and South Alabama and such so it's not necessarily at that level of Big Ten play but uh we will definitely see what what this team is made of and like you said you know Willard was saying maybe we'll see some lineup changes they need to push some sort of buttons because right now the way that everything is going it does not inspire confidence for the rest of the season yeah Andrew, I, you want to sign us off sure uh yeah Maryland uh embarrassed in its Big Ten opener 65 53 by Indiana, this was Emma and I's very instant reactions, but it's uh, right now the outlook for Maryland men's basketball. It's not great. We'll be back uh, later this week, probably before Maryland uh, takes on Penn State to preview that matchup. And if not, we'll be back shortly after that game to provide an instant reaction. Absolutely. And we might be doing a crossover episode with uh, with oh, another yeah. podcast potentially yeah. uh, early in the week. We'll also be finding out Maryland's bowl destination on Sunday. So you can always keep up with all of our coverage on testudotimes.com as well for a little bit more immediate and uh, written word coverage if you guys are all into that. But, uh, but thanks, everyone, for listening so much, and we will see you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.